We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host here to help me, Rob. Hi, my name is Rob, and I am not a robot. This is the Robot Anonymous chat, right? I'm in the right room. Uh-oh. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. No, just kidding. Love you, Rob. And Josh. <laughs> Hello, humans. This week, we'll be covering... Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom, number 5, Action Comics, 1035, Detective Comics, 1043, Robin, number 6, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 3, and Deathstroke, Incorporated, number 1. And of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books for the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make... The Dump List. Well, before Stick we get... around to the end to find out why I have a problem with this entire week's lineup. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm not going to mention it again until the end. But All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, then stick around for that. Uh, but before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. Thank you, listeners, too. Like, download, and share episodes so we can get more listeners, bring you more content, and get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot shows at notarobotpodcast.com. So with all that nonsense out of the way, let's get into some new stuff for this week. Guys, what's been new with you? Oh, uh, personal-wise, I'm getting a window fixed, really big window. Fun. Costs a lot more than, it costs a lot less than I thought it was going to, so that's really good. That's not bad. Like one of those big, huge, massive windows. There's like floor-to-ceiling kind of oh, deals. Oh, yeah. 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 Big and, picturesque. Uh, God, I thought it was going to be. Couple. I thought it was going to be at least a thousand dollars. It's not like a skylight, is it? Say say it again. It's not like a. Is it like a skylight? Oh no, not a skylight. It's okay. like an actual wall window. Oh, but, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, it's in really bad shape around the outsides of it. So I I was all but certain that it was going to be super expensive. Mm. And thanks to a friend of a friend of a friend, things <laughs> got a little cheaper. Yay! That's good. It's very good. <laughs> Um, I did just find out that, and I don't know if this is something that y'all knew already or not, but that, uh, that Supergirl, um, that's showing up in the Flash movie, she was supposed to get a movie of her own that has been moved to HBO Max as a series. Oh, shit. Yes. That's everything these days. Yeah, we don't know. Well, it, it was originally going to be an HBO Max movie anyway, there that was the rumor uh i think everybody just assumed it was going to get a theater release but it was going to if i'm not mistaken it was slated to be on that whole two-year plan that wb was going to be releasing on hbo max Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that big of a stretch but the cool thing is is that it will allow it to tell much more story over you know in an episodic format rather than having to narrow it down to say two hours or something It, it could it could definitely work no. It's it's supposed to focus on her time up until her involvement with the Flashpoint movie. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've got two bits of news I'm just reading now for um, Fandom, actually. 
one's, oh, yeah. one's kind of not not necessarily sad but just like eh, mm. there will not be a flash trailer i don't know if anybody's <laughs> well, expecting it but there's not going to be one i was hoping for it i was hoping for it i was hoping for trailers for everything but i That's i don't know bullshit. if she's the executive producer I, I think the director's name is andy machete is barbara machete i don't know what the relation she says there will not be a trailer for the flash at fandom that's confirmed hopefully as, that's wrong as long know. as there is a trailer for gotham knights or or get more gameplay footage for gotham knights or, or literally anything for gotham knights <laughs> after the gotham past knights and suicide year? squad kill the justice league Oh god, Both that'd of be amazing. Yeah, then, I, I, then that's that's a, all I Nintendo need. Nintendo Direct surprise. It's releasing tomorrow. <sighs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I I forgot I read about a couple of days ago, uh, DC is getting into the non fungible tokens business. Oh, I knew that was coming. Yeah, right? you know, they're, they're, and they're just giving them away for free to people that pre-register for fandom. Gross. Yes. it's really weird because these are supposed to be like expensive for some reason the next cryptocurrency or some other and they are chuck them away on october 5th to whoever signs up i don't know if everybody's getting one but there's even three different rarity tiers and like seven different characters there's a green lantern one so i signed up i hope i get a green lantern but that's it i what's the point though <laughs> what, yeah for, what do these do for Nothing. for those for those who may not be in the know and nfts are like rob said non-fungible tokens are essentially just exclusive rights to some kind of property usually in comics it's uh maybe a, a you know a special release of an issue or a piece of artwork or something and um, it cannot be exchanged in any way. It basically gives you the exclusive rights, which makes it obviously super valuable because, you know, if, if the only person who has the rights to it is you, um, then, you know, it, it would drive it up because it's, it's that exclusivity that uh, nothing else has. But I, I have my less than charitable thoughts about NFTs. I won't go into that here because I feel like that's probably more of a discussion for the pop culture roundtable. Uh, but... Let's just say I'm not the biggest fan of certain people using NFTs as a way to make money or just as a commodity in general. Yeah. Oh, certain people. All right. That is a good idea. You should drop that into the roundtable chat. And we'll make an episode out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I don't want to go into too much drama, but there was a, a certain comics creator. Actually, there are a couple of comics creators who were very heavily criticized for basically doing that because it. It is essentially a quick and cheap way to make a huge sum of cash by inflating something that has no real value and just kind of steering away from your audience who is like, what the fuck? Like, we would love to read that. We were supporting you. And you're basically just making a scam to sell something off that no one else will ever be able to read. And like I said, that's probably better suited for the pop culture roundtable, but um, not a fan, DC. But hey, I can't tell you what to do. It's, it's your company. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a few months ago. Don't you wish a... you could, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in a small world. Yeah. In a small world. You maybe like certain things, but I would not want to run the company. That is way too stressful. Oh no! But I would like to be. I would like to be like second or third in charge of the creative department. Also, I know that I have like very specific tastes that probably are not going to be suited for a wide majority of people. So I, I just, I feel like that would not be the best place for me 
Because I just make everything weird. Oh, you know what? What would make me, you, and Rob set up ourselves as the creative head? And we take three different facets and run run DC with three different mini labels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was essentially, I, I had like a joke. And I think it was just because I was taking Roman history at the time. But I was like, there's a, a group of emperors in Roman history that are basically known as the triumvirate, which just means three people in power. And I had a, I had a joke that I was just like, when Snyder, Williamson, and Tynan were basically doing their whole like death metal saga thing, I was just like, they are... In essence, the the DC modern version of the Roman triumvirate because they're calling the shots on everything. So that could be us. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that would be the best idea, but it could be. Ah, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, all I need is somebody who can write stories and draw, publish, edit, and uh, bind. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but it, it is it is an, it is an un, I mean realistically, yeah, it is an unforgivable job. I mean, you talk to like any you know Marvel editor in chief, and they're just like, ugh, ugh, oh, it's painful. God, I can only imagine, dude. except for Joe, except yes, is, well, except for Joe Casada. I think he was just like, yeah, I was really happy, and then I left. Now I'm basically publisher, and uh, it's not Dan Buckley. I forget. I don't know what Joe Casada does anymore. I think he might be CEO or something. Whatever. He used to be EIC, and he seemingly has like no qualms about what he did during his time there. So maybe it's not all bad, but you talk to like like um, like Jim Shooter or like uh, Roy Thomas, and they're just like, "Ugh, I didn't want to be there. It sucked. Painful. Everyone was fighting with me. I just wanted to leave. I was happier when I was writing." It's like, yeah, it's a hard job. Sounds like it. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't envy that particular position much because it's one of the easiest ones to get destroyed for. You know, I mean, because yeah. like I'll, 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 I'll say something about editing when I'm sitting in there and I see a comic book with typos in it. That's just like one of my pet peeves. So yeah. I, you know, and that's that's as a fan. So you know, I will, I will definitely say that. You know, being on the other side of that. Being the editor, that would suck having people like me talking about it. So I feel bad for them. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you never know how many of these are like, oh, we just needed to get this out, and we missed a, you know, we missed a, a letter, or you know, a word didn't didn't fit right, or, or something like that. Like behind the scenes, you have no you you have no idea how much is actually going on, how much chaos there may be, unless you actually spend some time in their shoes. And, and I know for a fact, I'm like, I do not want to do that. Not at all, but I would be curious to see how it, how how it works, just for a little bit. Would be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for all of that, huh? Yeah, I. Um... Brandon, did you want to touch on any of the good stories that we're not covering this week? Um, what, what do you mean by good stories? Well, like Justice League Dark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost forgot. Yeah, there are a couple um couple of books that they were not covering, but I do want to give kind of like an honorable mention to um Justice League Dark. Backup in Justice League is out this week. It's it's really good. Um at this point I'd say wait for the trade that was just recently announced that's coming out next summer, I think. That'll basically be collecting all the backups and the um the annual. Because we're already in like what, like sixty eight? issue 68 yeah. and it wraps up in 71 so 
at this point, might as well just just wait till next summer and you can enjoy the full story. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was just a, a solid read all around. Like I, I, I said the last time we talked about it, but I stopped scoring it just because it, it doesn't really feel fair to just cut off the ten pages of the the book and give that a score. It's it's very weird for me, and I, I just like my brain can't can't do that anymore. Um, so, yeah, ju- I, I, like yes, Justice League Dark is out. It was pretty solid, I would say. Solid art, solid story. So that's really all I have to say. Um, and then I did want to give another honorable mention to the uh, physical reprints of the Digital Legends of the Dark Knight series, issue number five, from uh, Brandon Thomas, Giannis Milagianis, and Jordi Belair. Uh, just a really, really solid little short story, a team up between Batman and Martian Manhunter investigating like this conspiracy with Calendar Man. And um, I'd already read it, but it, it was it was just like a really like I, I, I reread it once I, I got my copy and like it still for me held up, you know, a couple months later. Like it was just a really solid team up between the these two characters that sometimes don't spend enough time together, I feel like. Like they're they're both detectives in a way. So mm-hmm. they, they definitely should. So I, I would recommend if you can find it anywhere um, at your LCS or on Comixology. I believe it's chapters nine and ten of the digital version. But Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, uh, I forget what the story is called, like the actual title. But whatever it is, just just look for the one with Martian Manhunter on the cover. That'll be the that'll be the one you're looking for. The There's been quite a few of those Legends of the Dark Knights that have been a, a pretty decent story. I wouldn't say anything that's you know blockbuster, but there there there's been a few that have been pretty good. Man. No, if you, if you're looking for a solid read with some you know some DC characters that you like, I would definitely recommend that. Or or just you're looking for a, a solid you know competent Batman story. Um, really, Legends of the Dark Knight will be I think pretty satisfying for you, and you know has some really great art. Like I think. Uh, Kind of the big excuse of the series was just to get new writers and artists to, to kind of come in and do some stuff for DC, which is always good. Um, and and uh, I, I, I like it. So, yeah, recommend it. All right, I'll shut up now. No, you're fine. I, I, I love Justice League Dark, man. I really mm-hmm. did. The front half, I'm not going to talk about this week. Um, a lot, a lot happened in JLD this week. I won't ruin it for anybody since we're not covering it, but holy shit. <laughs> so that was really good. And uh, Rob, have you uh, have you read Superman 78 too? I have not. Not I yet. That's something that I, I'm going to get into, but I just haven't taken the time yet. Yeah, It's fun, man. This is cool. Yeah, so... I, 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 when I heard that was happening, I was like, what? I... I, I, I Oh no! Go ahead. No, it's I when when I heard that it was happening, I I did not think that doing Batman eighty nine and Superman seventy eight was going to be any kind of a good idea. But and I mean I know we're only a few issues in on both, but I mean it it's actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yeah. So if, if you're a friend, of, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're a fan, fan <laughs> of Michael Keaton's Batman or you're a fan of Christopher Reeve's Superman and you want to see that story, tear it up because it expounds on that. Oh, and um, this one I, I like just remembered. The, um, the latest issue, well, I don't know if I can call it an issue, but the latest chapter, the latest episode of the Wayne family adventures on, over on Webtoons <clears throat> came out yesterday. Um, and I, I, I got to go get that. Yeah, no, I, I, read, I read it this morning before class. And I mean, it, like, it is, 
look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's a masterpiece or anything, but it's just really fun. Like, it, this episode was literally just about <laughs> Dick picks up some Justice League memorabilia from, like, a garage sale, and everyone's wearing memorabilia for all the other superheroes except Batman and Bruce like that. Yeah, Bruce Bruce like flips out when Stephanie has like a like a green arrow mug and it's just a really cute episode. I, I just coming to the series every week is like just such a delight for me and um the the art is so good too, man. High quality stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, get a, I can't remember solid. what the artist's name is. I, I have and no idea. I feel idea. like it's a name that I it's a name that I should not forget. Dang it. Some like famous uh, webtoons artist. I, I I have no idea. Anyway, really good. Yeah. All right, Rob. Did you have anything? No, you said you said before we get started recording that you didn't really get a chance to read much, did? No, no. It's it's been a. I was sick earlier in the week, so I haven't had uh, much energy to do much. Um. Ah. Yeah, I haven't read. Can't fault you there, man. Yeah, I've at least read a review book, so there's that. But <laughs> beyond that, I haven't really had much else. Yeah. All right. Well, then you guys want to just jump into this then? Sure. So uh, to get us started, we'll be looking at Mister Miracle, the Source of Freedom, number five, the penultimate right. issue of the six-issue miniseries. Uh, Josh, you're going to take that one. Oh, alrighty. Uh, Mr. Miracle number five was written by Brandon Easton with art from Fico Osio and Rico Renzi with letters by Rob Lee and Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairbairn did that cover and I thought that was a pretty good one. Wait, before you get into the actual story, can I just say, uh, I mean, I've had a couple of issues with this series, but I really, really like that DC has been hiring a lot of writers named Brandon lately because it gives me such Brandon, like we have Brandon Easton, Brandon Thomas. It gives me like such solidarity and also maybe a little bit of hope that I can, I can be one of the Brandons at DC. I am not alone. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the Brandons shall, shall reign I, over I, DC someday. I, uh, Listeners out there don't really know Brandon, know Brandon, you know what I mean? But uh, I have full faith that this kid is going to be famous in like 10 oh, years. stop it. Within 10 years. Stop it. No, I'm for real. <laughs> I'm for real. I already, I already, made, a, I already made a bet with my friend Eric that if I ever got to write for Marvel, I'd try and bring him in. So I got I to gotta hold. We got to live up to that at some point. All right. Well, if you ever get a job at DC, <laughs> you'll slip my, my Nightwing book into somebody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll try and get the pitch to some editors. Sweet. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, back to Mr. Miracle, because it would be a miracle if somebody did read my Nightwing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just to make sure that it doesn't get lost in the shuffle here, I want to say that I am really enjoying the way Osseo and Renzi do this book. It is an absolute joy to look at. Um, I just, myself, I like this so much better than the backup issue that we were getting art-wise anyway, it was cool for a couple of issues, but then it kind of fell off. It felt nostalgic nostalgic at first, but then it kind of got annoying. Anyway, in this penultimate issue of The Source of Freedom, Mr. Miracle and Oberon are racing to new Genesis. Oberon's ship is made from scrap, including an 86 Oldsmobile. <laughs> I, I, what? But anyway... When they get there, Orion is fighting off Navarfri and her gang of green goons. They fend them off for a little while, but they regenerate, so it's kind of a never-ending battle kind of thing. 
in the meantime, to head to some kind of bunker where a prototype Mobius chair is being stored. Using it, Mr. Miracle is able, able to see who Navarfree is, or rather believes she is, but the thing is, it doesn't appear that Scott Free and Barda ever existed in this multiverse. Orion doesn't even know them. Which I thought was weird, but... I mean, it could open up a whole lot more stories. I don't know how with the book ending, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. And, and one I'm assuming is 100% flashback. Navarre goes to get the mother box from her dad's corpse, but finds both his and, his, and her mom's graves empty. To power up Mr. Miracle's mother box... They go to the source wall via Mobius chair, where, guess who, Navarre Free happens to show up at two. The end of the issue is shit-talking from Navarre and Shiloh, but it's about to be on in the next issue. I have just got to see where this goes. The whole, I need to see what the whole point of this book is supposed to be. Because I, for me, it's been a pretty fun ride. I, I've enjoyed it. The art is great. The story's been good. But I need to know what the whole point of this was. So you don't have very much long, you know, you don't have a whole lot longer for me to uh, be satisfied with. Something's got to come out of this whole scot-free not being, like, nobody knows him kind of thing. And it better be satisfactory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it, dude. Um, I hope it's not going to end up in, like, one of those it's up to you to interpret it kind of things. Because that's a pretty big character to just dab out. And, and not explain anything about. I'd be so pissed. Anyway, this one, I give an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I could see this being a lead-in to something else. Because that, that, that is one issue left. There's a lot to explain, a lot to go through. And I, I don't doubt they could maybe pack it all in, but it might be too packed. Like, this is Shiloh's story, and Scott Free and Big Bart are just a part of it. But that whole thing of them being gone, that's a pretty big story in and of itself so i could see that maybe being maybe there being a sequel or maybe there being like a small event they're doing i don't know but there's so much there is but Mm -hmm. if they go into bringing scott back where do we get what what happens with shiloh yeah and you make a really good point about orion i didn't think about the whole thing if i remember my new god's history right is that orion and Scott Free were swapped between Darkseid and Highfather at as babies, right? right. So Orion right. is yeah. Darkseid's son and Scott Free is Highfather's son, but they switched planets. Exactly. So why did Orion end up on New Genesis with Highfather? Who took Scott Free's place? Does Darkseid don't know yet. have an or does does Highfather have a son that he gave to Darkseid? That's so many questions. But one thing we did get answered, and and one thing I really appreciate, is we finally got an explanation to the Omniverse that makes sense and is so delicious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I have to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That donut allergy, allergy, allegory is quite good. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) This is a massive thing when you scale it down, it's just eat it all up it's so good <laughs> but yeah this this was a great issue i eight out of ten for me i'd score it higher if i will score it higher if we get a decent ending that kind of answers some questions we'll see how it goes that's the one thing i need yeah yeah i i i kind of had to speed 
through this one, so I don't have a ton of thoughts on it. Um, so I guess I would give it a, a thumbs up for some of the stuff that I was able to discern from it, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't super compelled by the first four issues, so it's a little hard for me to feel like super compelled to go back to it, but I'm sure I will at, at some point and, and maybe just finish it off, but... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really score it. I just kind of gave it a thumbs up because I didn't. I didn't feel like it was fair since I didn't give it a full read. But um, thumbs up counts. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I will say the art from Fico Osio is is very, very pretty to look at. Oh yeah, even just and the colors are just as good. They the, those two belong together. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, I thought this was a great book. I can't say that enough. Eight point five out of ten for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, on to our next book, Action Comics. Wait, hey, before, before we do that, have either one of you guys seen a solicit for any kind of Mr. Miracle or Scott Free or Apocalypse-centered story coming anytime soon? New Genesis-centered story? I have not. Uh, okay, all right, go ahead. All right, yes, on to our next one. All right, Action Comics, 1035. Rob's going to bring us our main story, and Josh will bring us our backup. So I will be silent now and let you guys take it away. All right. This is from the writer Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Daniel Samper, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters from Dave Sharp. So John is fighting Thao Law, but Clark steps in. And he talks Thao Law down and convinces her to fight for the right side. He promises together they will take down Mongol. In response, she breaks her chains to prove her allegiance, and in response to that, Mongol begins to, and I'm, I'm honestly assuming this is what it was, teleporting her back to Warworld. It was a very painful teleport, but I imagine this teleport because Clark intervenes again and his image is shown to Mongol on Warworld. He simply tells Mongol that soon only one of them will be standing and throws an explosive device in Mongol's face. Ah, that's such a great moment. It was. It, it, oh man, that was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> Coming for you, bitch. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see him just punch the snot out of this version of Mongol. Yeah. Oh gosh, I hope. I hope that gets to happen. Oh, it's going to be so good. Well, we'll see though, actually, because Mongol, however, seemed to be happy about that choice. So maybe he's got some... Maybe this is all according to his plan, or he's got some stuff up his sleeve that Clark wouldn't know about. Maybe. Let me drop a little bit of knowledge on you from my memory of Superman and Mongol. Mongol always goes into his shit, cocky as shit, always has it planned out, planned out right down to the finest of details and superman still clobbers him every single generation yeah it 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 is the it's the way of the world mongol just find a different world <laughs> it's the way of the war world I, I don't know i don't know if you guys do this uh same thing that i do but mongol was in young justice and they got keith david to voice him it was so oh, good really? so every oh. time yeah, no, so every time I read nice. his dialogue, I hear Keith David's voice. It's so good. Oh, I gotta hear that. Keith, yeah. Keith David's voice is just Ugh, I, if I could, If I could so steal good. someone's voice, it would be like Keith David, Steve Blum, like John DiMaggio, like people who can do like that super gruff voice. I just wish I, I, wish I could do that. Scott McNeil is good. He's got a good range. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> super gruff voice. You should hear me when I'm drunk. Oh god! <laughs> we'll have to do that on the next live stream. Uh, oh my god! Oh, yeah. Okay. We we've had stoned Brandon. We need drunk Josh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh boy. What were we talking about? 
just name this 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 cast the uh the dcm yeah yeah whatever we come up with podcast yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so superman uh threatens mongol what next so two days later we jump to two days later they've taken a break and the l family are putting the dead fellosians to rest as thawla recuperates in some kind of regeneration chamber from dragon ball <laughs> the the justice league arrive to see clark before he leaves they try to convince him that despite kicking him out of the league after his actions against atlantis they will still join him they just have to deal with their current international situation first it's it's not a pretty sight clark can't wait another day so they all say their goodbyes and they head off all except for batman and bruce knows clark's powers are getting weaker and he also knows he has another team in place for the warworld mission of course he's batman of course he knows but more on that later back inside john tries one more time to convince his dad to stay but clark promises that he will always come back later on clark and lois spend one more night together in the sky and after she falls asleep he sneaks out to meet his new team the authority and an act i thought was kind of rude mm. like this is the love of your life for how many decades now and you're just gonna sneak out on her when she falls asleep you might never come back come on well they had a, they had a good night together you know they did. why not why not just but, let that kind of sit yeah maybe instead of having you have a good point there yeah instead of having you know the, the even more like sad or traumatic scene where the authority show up in lois's apartment and they're just like all right it's time to go which is like no don't leave and it's like Ooh, no let's not let's not do that that's that's, that's gonna break some hearts yeah. i mean you you make a good point but i would love to see lois get in manchester black space oh man oh that'd be very funny <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure it's happened. Oh yeah, shoot! I gotta find that. <laughs> well, together, it, Superman and the Authority, they head off towards War World, heading off to war, and that ends the arc. It nice. is the goodbye. And next, I don't remember what the caption said. Next, off to war or something like that. But it's a fantastic end. Yeah. I thought. Like I've been reading tweets and discussion online, and even with our own Slack channels nothing but good things to say about this story in action comics and i 100 percent agree is great to look at wonderful art i love the the end it honestly might be one of the best issues of action i've ever read whoa whoa <laughs> I, yeah, I mean sir. it's it, it is really good that's a yeah. pretty a pretty strong statement oh, there to, but... to be fair i haven't read a lot of action comics <laughs> that's fair okay. that's fair all right <laughs> like I, but, I, um... for at least the past at least since Rebirth, I can say. Oh, I've yeah. Been oh, reading yeah. action. I, I would co sign that. Yep. Easily. Eas- yeah, easily since Rebirth. <laughs> Stomp all over it. Yeah. Uh, it has been fantastic. Uh, it looked. Sam Pierre and Lucas forever. Like, Superman needs that tattooed on him. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a pretty damn good final goodbye. It just, it did feel like it took forever to get here. But other than that, I can't hold that against this particular book. Uh, There's not a whole lot you can say other than this was really fantastic. Mm -hmm. A tiny bit emotional because it took us so long to get here. But um, 8.75 out of 10, man. This was was really, really good. Rob, did you give your score? I don't think I did. I I gave it a 9. I loved it so much. Yeah, no, I I started want to start mine off with my score, which is a nine point five, which is a, a very high score, I know. 
Nice. I think I was just so, so, so impressed with the dismount on this. I mean, it's it's rare that you can close out an arc that cleanly and that efficiently while also setting up the next one. And I just, I, I was just so impressed. Like it, the transition from this to that, so seamless, and yet it wrapped up everything that it needed to cleanly. So, I mean, if you wanted to drop out now, you very well could, but I would not recommend that because this book is fucking yeah. amazing. Um, yep. And... Like I don't, I don't even know any other way to say it, but plainly, uh, like it's just that Philip Kennedy Johnson gets Superman. He understands yeah. Superman in a fundamental way, and I'm sure there's going to yeah. be some controversy over you know him having to leave the Justice League and, and all that stuff. But from my perspective, it is imagine you have the power to save literally anyone at any you know potential time, and you're being asked to sit on the sidelines. Like of course you would step up and do. It. I mean, they, they can't really, you know, they, they can't really expect someone like Superman to just sit on the sidelines and wait it out. He's going to go to War World. He's going to do everything that he can. And that, to me, is so emblematic of what Superman is and, and what he represents. And I love that. It was just such an excellent scene paired with all the other scenes. I just, I could gush about this book for like an hour. It was, it was just amazing. And it leaves me so excited for what... Um, Philip Kenny Johnson and, and um, well, I guess Daniel Sampere is not going to do it anymore, but all the other artists that will be coming on, what they're planning for this book, I just, I, just so excited. So 9.5 for me, it was amazing. All right, I guess we'll head to the backup now. Yeah, that's all Which you. is Tales of Metropolis, written by Sean Lewis with art from Sam Basri and Ulysses Seriola with Dave Sharp on letters. Jimmy Olsen is investigating an urban legend that's hitting the streets of Metropolis, but it's a bit too dark for him to tackle. Turns out the legend is true, and it's a dude by the name of Dismember, and, well, I mean, guess what he does? Rimshot. Oh, yeah, sound effect there. <laughs> Olsen calls in the Guardian, and they track down the only kid that survived the last time someone called out to Dismember, following him into a cathedral. Turns out that that survivor is looking for people to kill for Dismember, but only because he's forced to. Guardian rushes Dismember and shatters some of him, if not all of him, into a bunch of different pieces. The pieces that break away in thousands of pieces are kids trapped in this glass that he's made out of, and every little shard has a kid in it. And that's the story. Um, I, I dug this. It's pretty different from what we've been getting in this title but i'm okay with that mm -hmm. i i at least want to see where it goes instead of being uh i felt like the previous stuff we've seen so far has been kind of like light more lighthearted and campy and i think that this could get a little gritty it's got the potential Midnighter one this campy no 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 just the tales of metropolis oh wait really yeah Isn't that the one where like what's his name beats the crap out of crime buster <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, I remember that one being pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it was bright and shiny. Oh. You know, it was a big blue dude beating I mean, up bright orange and red dude. Aesthetically, <laughs> I guess. But I was just all, all I remember is like Bibbo had his heart broken and he had to like just put down that that lady who was like going around and manipulating people and Crime Buster got the, the whatever her name was that the, that that vigilante that no one remembers. Gangbuster. Yeah, Gangbuster. Got the I remember you, Gangbuster. Yeah, I remember you. I do not, Gangbuster. 
I will remember you. But no, I, uh, I'm right there with you, man. I, I'm, I'm really digging these Tales of Metropolis stories. And I, I love that we can have... This, this is, I think, what, what makes some of these backups great. It's like you can have this you know, emotional, epic story about Superman leaving Earth and preparing to liberate the people of War World. And then pair that with a smaller story, you know, just focusing on like Jimmy and, and Guardian in Metropolis, just trying to do the right thing. It's like, yeah, this is a complete package that feels full. That feels like, yeah, I, I, I'm satisfied with this. It's a, you know what I, I feel like it is, is it's a good way. Yeah, so Superman's leaving and all of these people, these are all Superman's pals. Yeah. Okay, that could have literally been the name of the backup instead of Tales of Metropolis. Yeah. But what's going to happen to these side characters that are exclusively tied to Clark Kent now that he's going off to War World? Well, they get swept into a backup, and they get to have their own stories. And you know what? I think that is fucking cool. Because who doesn't like Guardian? Who doesn't like Gangbuster or or Jimmy Olsen? I mean, yeah. everybody has fond memories of reading them as side characters back in the Death of Superman and a whole bunch of other comics, man. And it's uh, it's cool that you know that there's they're not gonna get, just get you know pushed off the ledge as Superman goes on to do his thing. It's cool. I dig it. Nice. I mean, I, I love Bibbo. Yeah. That was so good. Uh, this this was a fun, very fun book. I do enjoy the Guardian. You're right. Who who doesn't enjoy Guardian? In all the different forms, even. I don't even remember how many different guardians there have been now. Two at least. Yeah, but I'm maybe even counting three? like. Ooh, wait. Um, in fuck, in TV miss. shows as well. Yeah, well, the classic guardian, Jim Harper, obviously. Um, yeah. And then there was, what's his name from Seven Soldiers? Um, oh. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, no, I gotta look this up. I can't let this sit. Ah, uh, this. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, please, dude. <laughs> Um, like, oh man! There was Jimmy Olsen as the Guardian in the Supergirl show. Yeah, I did not know that. Yep. Yeah, that was that was an interesting twist. Mm. It wasn't bad. Yep, now there's they, a, they, another Guardian in the Supergirl show. Jake Jordan, that was his name. Jake Jordan. I feel like you should be able to remember a name like that. I'm just, I'm bad. But, Jake um, Jordan. Yeah, Jake Jordan from Seven Soldiers Guardian, and then. I think there was another one in the Future State backups. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So at least three that I that I can. Count there, on. there was there was one in the Future State backups. Yeah, I just I yeah. don't remember. So his yeah, name. at least three. Oh yep. yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a new version. No, no, oh no. I guess that was that was just Jake Jordan. My bad. I, sorry, oh. I just I, he had a new costume, and I, I guess I just thought it was the same one. Oh, all right. Well, oh, okay. two, and okay. I'm assuming. Somewhere in an Elseworld, at one point, some random one-off story, there was another Guardian. So I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure, right. but like <laughs> I haven't read that. I guarantee you, a bunch of other people haven't read that. And then I'm sure someone on Twitter is going to be like, "I read that story. I love that story." And I'm like, "Well, fuck you," because I can't see it so anyway. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what was the? I don't even know. What we're talking about something with Guardian. How cool he oh, is. How many yes. there were. Yeah, no, and that how cool he is. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love these tangents we go on. I know. 
Oh yeah, Guardian's awesome. I'm I'm actually going to retract the statement I haven't said yet. I was going to say that this whole idea of Tales of Metropolis would work as its own book, but honestly, the way you you guys were talking about it, it's probably perfect as a backup to action comics specifically. I mean, I would take both happily. Like, if yeah. you want to do a Tales of Metropolis mini or a, a one shot or something, like, hey, that, that works for me. I mean, whatever keeps it going because yeah. these are just fun, and there's so many side characters and superman stories that could use some limelight like look how many we got in the first story arc and now we've got this one who knows who else Mm -hmm. will show up well and i think it's um shit i forgot what i was gonna say nice (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness nope it's gone carry on dang uh, well, that being said, I, I love Guardian, but the villain so far for me was a bit forgettable because every time I, I try to think about this this story or I went to review it, I, I remembered Guardian, I remember Jimmy, and that was it. I could not remember what the story was about. I could so remember. So for that, I gave it a 7.5. Uh, I could. Oh, no, Guardian's great. Yeah, I, I could remember what the, this is weird, I could remember like what the villain was saying because he was almost talking in like this pseudo-religious way. But I, I was yeah, right there with you. Right. I could, I could not, I could not remember his name for the life of me. So you're, you're not alone in that. Like it was like not. Josh a... said it a minute ago, and I still don't remember. Um, but I'm trying to look it up now. I just dismember. Dis- dismember. Oh yes. Shit. <laughs> there you go. That's what he does. He cuts uh, people up. Wow. So he's dismember, and he's made completely of glass. So he's a badass monster as long as you don't touch him. That's about as on the nose as Cloud Hunter. A hunter of clowns. That is exactly what he does. That's it. And he's not interested in fighting scarecrows or cats or Just anything else clowns. other than clowns. That's yep. it. Yep. And he has a really weird relationship with Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah. Like he he he's thankful that she saved him. I think he likes her as a friend, and he wants to kill her. It's complicated. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a young boy. You know, hormones act up. Ah, I didn't even bring that in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, <laughs> it seemed like vehement hatred at first because she was there when Joker killed her, killed his parents, and then he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, maybe I'm working through it." And then like the secret files came out, and it's just like, "Nah, fuck it, I hate clowns again." Yeah. <laughs> I tried it. I still hate them. <laughs> so yeah, dismember. One would say that Brandon and I are uh, disremembering. Oh my god, Josh, do you have a, a rim shot function on your mic? Not yet, but I'm gonna have. One. Yes, yes. <laughs> For all the puns you make, I feel like you need that. It's a, it's a must-have. Yeah, for sure. Here, here, I could throw this in. Yes. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that so that's that's me with tails. Overall, I gave it. I, I kind of split the difference as best I could with the score. I gave it an eight point two five. Hell, I might even give it an eight point five because I love the main story so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I think I gave the backup an eight point five. It was just a solid installment, and then first story uh, nine point five. Uh, so overall a nine, and I'm pretty happy with that. But I feel like on a really good day, I haven't said that in a while. Um, I'd probably give yeah, it a, it's been a while. Yeah, I'd probably give it a 9.5. <laughs> Brandon's had nothing but bad days for months. I know. Well, you know, things started to look up, and I was like, eh, I don't really have uh, really have any bad days anymore. It's just been, all been good days, except for last week. Good deal. Yeah. 
I think the book as a whole is pretty damn good, and I love that I get to say that regularly about Superman books, man. So yes. I I gave this an 8.25 out of 10. Yeah, isn't it nice to have two... Well, we'll get into the other one later, but isn't it nice to have just two just, oh, chef's kiss Superman books coming out? It's nice to have good quality books coming out, period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a guy who does not hold back when it comes to bitching unless Brandon asks me to. Ugh, no. And... <laughs> even then, even then, we still got to kind of rein him in a little bit. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I haven't I haven't been able to go off lately. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had to let a little bit out just about Bendis' Justice League earlier as, like, a pressure release, but... Um, I mean, really, there's just not been a whole lot to complain about. And it's been a long time since I've been able to say that about DC Comics in general. Since, I had, I had complaints during Future State, but since the launch of Infinite Frontier, things have been really looking upward for, for DC Comics. And I'm I'm loving that, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of books that I just just love, like straight yeah. up. And, and it's, it's a good time to be reading most of them. And speaking of one of those books, let's uh, move on to our next book, which is Detective Comics 1043. Following in uh, the suit of Action Comics, we'll have a main story and a backup story. So I'll be bringing the main story, and Rob will be catching us up on the backstory, Task Force ZZZZ. <laughs> There's no other way to pronounce that. We'll so see about that. if he we'll, says we'll anything see else, about that. if he says anything else, just blast him, just roast him, <laughs> Ro- tear him apart. Uh, but anyway, uh, Detective Comics 1043, the main story is brought to us by Mariko Tamaki with art from Dan Mora, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Aditya Bidikar, um, Mayor Nakano, <clears throat> and Simon Say. Hey, hey, before, hey, before you get started, what okay. was the name of that backup again, just for reference? Uh, Task Force Z, Z, Z. Okay, that's what that's what I thought you said. All right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just wanted to make sure it was clear. Um, but anyway... Uh, in Gotham City Hall, uh, Mayor Nakano and Simon Sait are in the midst of a bitter debate on the ethicality of the magistrate program. Uh, Mayor Nakano seems to be holding a lot of resistance, which is a little weird considering he was ready to launch it over in Batman. But here, I guess he's had a change of heart and isn't really sure about whether to fully let Simon Sait implement his program. Saint walks out, pissed as hell. He knows the plan is going to go ahead with or without Nakano, but... Nakano is, uh, you know, still holding out that maybe we need to think about uh, implementing this program anymore. But he doesn't seem to have a lot of time to think it over by himself as a man who calls himself Nero the Ninth shows up ready to kill him and calling himself a king when he nearly gets the drop on Nakano. But Nakano is able to escape through a secret trapdoor in his office, very handy for a mayor living in Gotham City, uh, before running into a bunch of armed guards who are ready to ship him off to an unknown location before he is saved by the fast intervention of Batman himself, who is demanding to know who these mysterious men are working for. Uh, but Nakano is able to escape through the sewers before Batman starts to give... Oh, no, my bad. I skipped a part. Nakano is... Uh, oops. Yeah, Nakano is <clears throat> taken away by the man, and Batman gives chase on the Bat Cycle uh, before Nakano gets the drop on one of the drivers and ends up flipping over the car. Then Nakano slips into the sewers, um, or rather falls into the sewers, uh, before having a grenade thrown shortly after him uh, in the hopes of, I assume, dispatching him quickly. Batman is able to shield Nakano from the blast, but loses him in the process, and sends out a call to everyone on the Bat Channel network, hoping to locate his, I- hoping to locate his, 
hoping to locate his whereabouts. Uh, but before any of that can commence, Nakano is left wandering the sewers, wondering just what the hell is going on, before stumbling onto some very, very disgusting, gross, protuberant eggs that uh, may or may not, but seem to hold the host of none other than... Um, crap, what was his name again? Vile. 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 I almost called him Hive, but Vile, yes. Seed of vile. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. Cool. so uh, I thought it was killer. I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was just a, a fast-paced, fun story, given a little bit more focus on Mayor Nakano as he tries to uh, negotiate some of the stuff with the magistrate. I did think the pivot was a little weird, just given that over in Batman, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we need to put the magistrate program in effect. Like, there's no other way we can protect Gotham." And then a detective, he's like, "Uh, w- well, actually, mm, I don't know about that." Um, but yeah, no, it was just, it was really well written, just solid action packed. And Dan Mora is just killing it. Honestly, I, I think his art in this issue was, was better than the last two. And that is saying something because the art in the last two was great. There's that splash page of Batman just on the cycle aiming his, his grappling gun. It's fucking great. I wish I could blow that up and put it on a poster on my wall. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a solid read all around. So I gave this one an 8.75 out of 10. I loved it. Um, I'm super stoked to see what kind of crazy shit Nakano gets into next, which I know sounds a little mean, but, you know. No, I mean, things aren't looking good for anybody but us readers. No, no, no. We, we, <laughs> we get to enjoy the story. They do not. Thank God we don't right. live in the world of, uh, I don't know if you guys are reading Crossover right now, but. Um, oh, yeah, th- I haven't read the last two issues. No, yeah, I just, I think like, oh my God, thank God we don't live in a world like that. Because how pissed oh, would these characters be if they found out you were just like, enjoying all these stories where they get beat up and tortured and just get the shit kicked out of them it's just like you bought and paid for these you enjoyed it meanwhile that was my life not you and not you (laughs) i just i just let that sit a little bit i guess right yeah so I, Josh, have you have you talked about Detective yet? Because uh, I I might have a different opinion from everybody. Uh oh. <laughs> well, That's I okay. think it looks good. I think Mora and Belair are on fucking fire. Uh, for Batman, Nakano, Simon Saint, literally everybody in the book, everybody with the book, it's all gone to shit except for us. And I think that the action is definitely turning up the dial. And I'm really curious to see where it goes next, man. I gave it an eight point seven five out of ten too. Okay, so Mora's art is fantastic. The writing is still really good, but I couldn't. What the hell? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. I'm messing around with filters and trying. To... <laughs> I've been trying to get these guys to break all podcasts. So. <laughs> I just finally worked. A cat on Josh's head out oh of nowhere. God. Very strange. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what the hell was I saying? All right, so Dan Mora's art is fantastic. That's a and great way to start. The, the, <laughs> the writing is great. It's a very good story, a very good issue. I enjoyed it. But combine what Brandon said about the inconsistencies with Mary Nakano. And honestly, I every time events like these pop up, like with what's going on with Fear State... Mm. I know it's comic books. I know they're superheroes. They do fantastical things. But 
I get pulled out when there's multiple books of one character doing all these things at the same time, and I wonder how the hell that's possible. I will be, I will get on the train with you on that one. That does stretch my patience a little thin. Yeah, it's it's definitely it definitely really stretches the believability of it. Although I guess they are superheroes for a reason, and that they can be everywhere at once. That's the same argument he gave to me last week when I said Dick can't be a hero during the day and the night forever. Yeah, well, you know, they, they can compensate. They can do the things that we cannot. Right. I yeah. guess. Cool. Um, but yeah, still, that being said, like the art and writing is still fantastic. It's, it's just... I as, as far as all the Fear State tie-ins go, this is probably the one that ties into Fear State the least. Because this really feels like it's just continuing the story that Tamaki has been setting up mm. with Vile and everything. So to call it a Fear State tie is it really even a Fear State tie-in? Is it, if it's really just talking about the Magistrate? Because they've been talking about the Magistrate this whole bloody time. Well, I mean, I guess it's more like a continuation of the story. Like, this is where it was at, and this is where it's escalated from there. Yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah, where it's, that's a good point, like where it's at during Fear State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's still a good issue, but I, I gave it a 7.25. I honestly, I'll, I'll give it a 7.5. I'll cut out some slack. It's still really good, and the the art and writing is still fantastic. Hey, I just enough. got really taken out of the experience with this one. Fair enough. Fair enough. All mm. right. Well, Rob, it's your turn, my friend. Give us the summary on uh, what the fuck is Task Force Z, I believe is the name of the title. Uh, I've heard yeah. a different title. No. Wait, hold on. Uh, I'm sorry. Rob, what was what was the name of this uh, book? I had to turn off my, it's, my it's, it's what, what, what the fuck is up with Task Force uh, B? No. No, I don't think that was it, dude. That was um, N. No, no, no Task Force N. X? As no, that's the other one. Acts. Yeah, no, we yeah, already have a Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad book. Zed. Ugh, disgusting. Zed. Oh, wait. There's oh, God. Zed. No. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't know if I mentioned before, even my Canadian friends don't use Zed. They say Z. <laughs> Most of uh, them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say Task Force Zed. Because uh, <laughs> so this, this amazing backup is from writer Matthew Rosenberg with art by Derek Robertson, colors from Diego Rodriguez, and letters from Rob Lee. So Deb Donovan was attacked by an armed assailant, I believe he was armed, I don't remember what weapon he had, that was told not to worry about her because she's not a mask. Despite that, he still went ahead, but Batman intervenes, and he tells Deb to get away from the area, but she refuses as this is her story, and I was reading over this again and I realized that's a double entendre. I said... It's her story because she's writing the story for the newspaper, but also it's her story. She's the main character, Batman. You have your own books. Get away. Yeah. Go bother someone else. Go exactly. sleep with Vicky Vale. Go Vail save some other reporter. Vicky Vale's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so Batman grabs her and grapples away, leaving her on a roof. And he goes back to get Red Hood out of danger as well, as cops are starting to surround them, but Red Hood is also refusing. Batman realizes he can't help him now since they're surrounded and runs off. And if that's not just like all the character development Bruce and, and Jason have had over the past year, I know out yeah. the fucking window. That, that, <laughs> I admit that that one kind of pissed me off a little bit just yeah. because it was like, did we literally not just finish reading Urban Legends like less than a month ago? 
that's not, I don't think that's even the only that's not the only story that had that kind of relationship with yeah. Bruce and Jason growing. Yeah. And then we get this. It's, it was uh, like, I'll, I'll leave this reporter on a roof and save her, but nah, fuck you, you're on your own. It was literally the just the hardest heel turn. Like the ending of Urban Legends is like, you know, Jason, we had kind of a rough go of it, but I want you back in the family and I want to work with you. And this one is literally just like, fuck off. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with you. <laughs> deal with your own. And then Batman's just like, all right, fine. Deal with your own problems then. I- I'm not going to save you, asshole. Yeah. What happened? Hey, hi, you fucking dirt. Did he piss in the Batmobile or something? What, what, what caused this abrupt pivot? He stopped using guns. Yeah. For you. Which he does funny? in this issue. So you know oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, so maybe this is Elseworlds. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, despite everyone telling her not to print her story, Deb still writes it. But she doesn't tell all, as she does understand that reporting all the details will harm some of the investigations by some people, including Batman. And we now go to Marinacano, who is meeting with a shady individual, and they debate about the events that happened with Nakano being upset about his investment going to print. This shady man insists that all is fine and everything is going according to plan. And in an FBI interrogation hold, Jason is in chains. A figure is talking to him about a mission, a mission only he can handle. And after releasing him from the chains, they introduce him to his new team. To be continued in Task Force Z number one. Task Force Z number one. Hey, speaking of that last page, man, um, I guess we can say Task Force Z stands for zombie, not Task Force Z stands for Z-Zombie. <laughs> it's not like it's a Z-Zombie. Z-Zombie. <laughs> Z-Zombie. There's a yeah. consonant in there. You can't put another consonant in a letter. What's wrong with you? Hey. <laughs> Sure find another find one. another letter with like another go for it. it what are you gonna do throw a couple extra r's on r i'm <laughs> 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 like a damn uh, pirate that's what i'm saying man but uh so it looks like his team is made up of nothing but zombies he's the only one that isn't a zombie and there's one two three four five people back there Do you guys recognize all of them there was one I didn't, but I, I, I want to take another look because maybe I'm misremembering something. I mean, I know two you recognize like right off the bat, you know, Bane and Man Bat. Yeah, and then Arkham Knight, obviously, and um, Astrid Arkham. Woohoo! Yeah, and Mr. Bloom. Mr. Yep. Bloom's supposed to be. Is that man. supposed to be Killer Croc? I have no idea. It's Mr. It, I mean, he has on that page. You've yeah, got Bane, Man, <clears throat> Man Bat, Astrid Arkham, Mr. Bloom, and Sundowner. Oh, okay. Right, Sundowner. Yep. And then, according to solicits, one more person will be joining the team. I thought that was Croc at first, just because I mean, yeah, he has I the, the webbed hands. That's what I thought too, and I had to look, make double sure because it looks like it could be Croc, but I don't remember Croc dying. I don't. Um. And, you know, it looked like Croc, but it also didn't look like Croc. So I, it changes I, uh, design I so often, I had, I had no idea. Like, sometimes he looks like a lizard. Sometimes he looks like a man with scales. It's hard to, hard to say sometimes. But um, those solicits say that one more person is joining. You guys want to know who it is? Oh, I, do. I do. Deadshot. 
Oh, very cool. Oh, oh shit, yeah, he's dead. Yes. Yep. Now he really is a dead shot. Uh, Literally. Uh, uh, but somebody, uh, so I hope they make that joke in the book. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they will. If, if uh, I thought of it, I'm sure they will. will. That is like just like the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> and um, uh, I enjoyed, did you finish this? Yeah, you finished it. We were talking about the last page. What'd you create uh, it? Yeah. What the? You create it, yeah. I didn't grade it yet. No, it's oh. <laughs> yes. It's a yes for me. Uh, this is yes. an eight point five for me. Honestly, I I really enjoyed this this whole series of backups for uh, the upcoming title that shall not be named. It's, it promises to be an exciting book. I I can't wait. And I, I love Derek Robertson's art. Is he doing the the main book? Do we know? I I don't know. No, it's that's um, a Brandon question. No, it's uh, it's Eddie Barrows right there in the uh, the promotion. So. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right on. I like it. Eddie Barrows is good. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just glad Eric Robertson got to do you know some some decent stuff with Super Yeah. I see. You know, I'm on the fence. For me, Derek Robertson is either hit or miss, and I feel like the majority of this issue is hit. But I have I I have realized that I just need to resolve myself to the fact Derek Robertson cannot draw Batman. Really, I love his Batman. Yeah, I no, I, 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 I don't like it. Everybody else looks good. He looks like he jumped out of the animated cartoon series. And I'm I'm not a whole... I'm not really fond of his Red Hood either, but it doesn't bother me as much as his Batman does. Everybody else looks great. I I, I think he just has a problem with masks. But that's that's just my take on it. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I've not heard that one. Um, but... uh. I gave it an eight out of ten. Like I don't have a lot to complain about, other than mostly it was that one panel where Batman is swinging in and it's like right at his face and he's looking up just a little bit. It kind of looks, I don't know, like Adam West Batman or something. Really, I really like yeah. that because that that one is is, I mean, it just it, you can for me at least you can really feel the I don't know kinetic energy behind it. And then there's that in the next panel, there's that great shot of him just kind of perched atop the car. And Deb is looking up at him. It's, I was like, that looks gorgeous. Um, I don't know. I was just me. But, hey, <laughs> agree to disagree, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what art is, man. Yeah, so I ended up giving this one an 8.5. I just I had a really great time with these backups, with this backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, overall, I gave it an 8.5. Uh, the book as a whole is super enjoyable, man. It's interesting. It keeps being well-drawn. The stories keep me buying it. So I suggest you do, too. Yes, yes. Yeah, I also hope we get more Deb Donovan. She's a cool character, ain't she? Yeah, she's, yeah. she's really grown on me. She, mm-hmm. She's like a no-bullshit Vicky Vale. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. a great way to describe it. Yeah. Or like, um, I think it was, uh, it might have been you, Rob, who, who made this comparison in a previous episode, but you said she's kind of like the DC version of Ben Urich. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's... that's exactly what I hope for the character in the future, just yeah. for reporting on events or just doing the side stuff and like she's she's the every person character that travels the books and just does the the intro stuff yeah that'd be awesome mm-hmm. after these messages we'll be right back now back to our program next up we have robin number six so not getting away from the bat family yet no no i like i said we are 
basically exclusively well actually this week's a little lighter but like <laughs> most of our catalog is backwards because <laughs> that's where yeah, dc is at right now yeah yeah it's where dc knows it makes its money so, so unfortunately other books don't get invested in as much and that's unfortunate yeah. and that's coming from a batman fan but they are like we had hoped giving swamp thing a second season so there is still some hope mm-hmm. for books like that yes um all right back to robin <laughs> written by joshua williamson with art from gleb melnikoff and luis guerrero with troy pateri wrapped in a cover with letters from troy pateri excuse me <laughs> wrapped in a cover from melnikoff it's time for the tournament. Round one, fight. Robin spends the first two rounds making quick work of Blue Shrike and Tengu the Birdman while they, the rest of the contestants are still finishing up their first rounds. Does, Shrike, so Damien, does Blue Shrike know that his brother is dead? I he don't knows. think so. Oh, no. Oof, that's going to be a rough one. Yeah, I mean, he's made no... They they haven't written that at all, so... But, um... Anyway, Damien is able to go get a little bit of rest at the suggestion of Livewire, who has kind of weirdly become his friend here, and they talk a little bit. Then Ravager shows up with Hawk. Damien's not too happy about the Hawk part. And the four of them start talking about what, what Mother Soul is really up to. Then Respawn, who I liked right up until this issue, stops by to make a threat to all of them before the third round starts. I'm like, you little prick. <laughs> he's, he's pretty consistently been kind of a douche. So yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, but he's to... been he's he he's almost had like a Deadpool kind of humor now, or before. Now he's like Deathstroke kind of threatening. I still want to see like him the... get his shit kicked in. I hope that comes soon. Oh, me too. But I'm, I'm he stops by your character under that mask. Maybe there was a lot of speculation that he might have been Grant Wilson, Slade's son, who died at the beginning of New Teen oh, Titans. But um, it doesn't seem likely now. I'm, I'm guessing it might be you know, like some other character. I, I have no clue. He's honestly, a short. Yeah, no. He's, I, I would assume he's there'd short. be some shit talking to Ravager at the very least if that was the case. Yeah. And I haven't seen that yet. So. Well, yeah. Well, he was kind of. Trash talking um, Ravager in like issue two and three, I think. Is basically I just think like, he's been trash talking everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much everyone. Well, yeah, just Especially Damien yeah, and Rose. Yeah. yeah. But, um, all right. So, uh, the threats happen right before the third round starts. And in the third round, it is Robin versus Respawn. Surprise! And Respawn happens to know when the fight breaks out that Robin is letting him win. But why? Well, it's so that Robin could steal the book that Mother Soul carries around. He was letting himself get his ass kicked a little bit so that he could have a distraction and take that book. It's written in Lazarus language, but Damien can read it, of course. The book ends with Damien saying that I think I know who Mother Soul is, but that's impossible. While Respawn's hook is sailing towards his head from behind. Nice. <laughs> It's about time that the fight got started. Get over here. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Well, well, Flatline is, is straight up ripping off, uh, what's his face? Like, uh, Scorpion? Scorpion's, like, art-stealing move or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure as hell is. But, hey, they can do that. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. It's all owned by mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. Uh, the, the the fight looks good. It's already well into it. The story picks up a bunch, and I am still loving me of uh, some of this Damien. 
this particular Damien. He's growing. This is cool. I want to see where he ends up at. I don't want to. I don't want to see him lose his attitude, but mm-hmm. I would like to see him gain a little bit of stability. <laughs> uh, I'm worried because if they don't write him into something, I'm worried that they're gonna just keep going crazier with him, and then that's that's gonna go nowhere good. But anyway, well, this, this really feels like the kind of book where he's going to be growing up. Hopefully. That's that's yeah. what I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they don't you know throw any of that development out the window, but. Uh... This, yeah, it does feel like kind of like a coming-of-age story. And he's 14, so it makes sense. Yeah. Melnikov, Guerrero, they knock it out of the park. This is a hell of a book, man. I gave it 8.75 out of 10. Also, I just, I have to say it, because it has to be said, but um, that cover is so great, isn't it? Yes, I yeah. loved it. Like, that's, I, I already said it about the thing in, um, in Detective, but this is another you know, shot or cover that I would love to just blow up and put on my wall. And it's awesome. Just perfectly dynamic for Damien. I, I love like leaping shots like that where they're like preparing to strike and uh, the character has to like fend them off. It's just super cool looking. I had to, I had to say that. Well, they've been solid covers all around this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Really have. And I mean, th- typically the Robin ones are really good anyway. Yeah, hell of a book, man. Robin yeah. has been kicking ass. And he, he <clears throat> definitely has been kicking ass, but I was hoping to see a bit more of the ass kicking. I, <laughs> he's he's Damien, and he's he's going to kick ass well. So the fact that the first two rounds for him were done in four pages is not surprising, but they've been hyping this tournament for six issues now, seven if you count the, the prologue story. And I've been wanting to see, like, full fights I, I wanted this to be like an episode of dragon ball like a whole issue is one fight and robin just taking on the best fighters in the world and he's gonna learn and grow at the same time and it's gonna just be extended and it's gonna be a fun ride and that we're already at round three by like page seven well i mean i get where you're coming from but then at the same time the, admittedly some of these guys aren't exactly the best fighters in the world no my boy you know, Raptor so, got taken out way too easily. I know. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, that is such a scam. I didn't I, even get to see it work. I know. That is some bullshit. Like, Raptor was mm. kicking Nightwing's ass, like, what, five years ago during Rebirth? Yeah. And now he's, like, a joke character. Such a that some, happens. Some little kid named Double XL who just stomp all over him. Yeah, who's basically Balrog from yes. Street Fighter. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Except a lot thinner. <laughs> Younger, probably. Definitely. Yeah, honestly, though, that being said, it's it was a great issue. Mm-hmm. I gave this a 9 out of 10. I, I'm, I've been eating this whole series up, and the fact that the tournament's here, despite the fact that it's progressing really quickly, is still exciting. And as for Mother Soul, I don't know if you guys have theories, but I have two. What's that? That... She's at least related to uh, Al Ghul. I never know whether to say Roz or Raish, so I just say Al Ghul. It's Raish. I promise. <laughs> you're, you're distracting me again, Josh. I see your camera. <laughs> I said it's Raish. You, you look like Holly for a second there. <laughs> that better. I don't walk in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so for Raish, either his sister or his mother which would be Damien's grandmother or aunt. 
what else would have Damien so taken aback by a revelation? And why would it be so impossible? I don't... You you honestly could be right, man. I mean, it that, that would make sense. I think you might be right. I'll be surprised if you aren't now that you said that. Yeah. It's got to be somebody he's related to or some... Because I can't think of anybody else he'd be shocked by. Exactly. Like, who else would it be? Brandon Or, like, a clone of Talia. (laughs) But, I mean, how would he know that from reading a book? It's like, the the mother of soul, the mother soul's secret name is clone of Talia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. uh, I'm guessing grandmother or a uh, aged up version of uh, uh, Talia's older sister, uh, Nissa al Ghul, resurrected from the dead. Although I guess she was technically exploded, so I don't really know how you could yeah. come back from that, but I don't uh, know. Lobo com- and Wolverine do Yeah, it's comics. You can figure it out. Plus there was like the reboot with the new 52, so for all we know, she could be out there somewhere, but she has her old memories, but her body was reconstituted after the Flashpoint. Those are my only, yeah. I, I, grandmother or Nissa al Ghul, that was it. That was all I got. Or, or one more theory I just came up with. Her last name is Pennyworth. Oh, yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be Alfred's uh, wife. Or niece. Yeah. Or niece. Or niece. She doesn't like them very much. But wait, hold on. I think she's going to be involved in a different story coming up. Never mind. Yeah, she's in Joker. That was his niece, right? No, that's his daughter. That's, that's a- Julia Pennyworth. Oh, yeah, that never mind. Yep, that's the shit. That's his daughter. <laughs> Honestly, this whole time I thought that was his niece. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, that's uh, that's his estranged daughter. Damn, yeah, I remember that when I was reading it, and then I just got it confused. You know what happened there? Fucking Schumacher, yeah, anyway. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> At least her name wasn't Barbara, <clears throat> right. All right, well, um, is that all we got to say about Robin? Yeah, did yeah you guys that's all you got from the jungle. Did you guys score? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I did, 8.75. Yeah, that was a 9 for me. Nice, yeah, I, um, I, gave, this, I gave this one an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Sweet. All right, on to the next one, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Take it away, Rob. All right, so this is from writer Tom Taylor. We all know him well, and from art by John Timms. Colors from Gabe Altabe and letters from Dave Sharp. So a building is coming down in Metropolis, and the reason is a new metahuman called Faultline. She has no memory of how she got there or why she has powers, similar to the fire metahuman that we saw in a previous issue. Clark and John quickly manage the building as Clark holds it up while John gets all the residents out before it collapses on itself. After that, they take Faultline to Star Labs to get assessed. But John is called away, called, called away by Jay. The American government has agreed to re- the return of the Gamoran people, and protesters are getting assaulted by police. John steps in and stands with the protesters, demanding that if they get arrested, so will he. Now he's in jail, and John is reeling from having done hard time. A whole 45 <laughs> minutes of it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty impressive. Regular criminal now. <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference. You know what? Just ask your mom. 
Um, so Clark arrives to bail him out, and as they leave, Jay arrives with the same plan. Clark is impressed by the friendship and invites Jay for a family dinner. And now over at the Kent farm, Ma, Pa, and Lois are there to greet the heroes, but Jay is starstruck by Lois. <laughs> He's a journalist, and she's the best there is. She's his hero. Aww. Like, he Aww. runs away all nervous. Yeah, it's really after cute. Pep talk from... Yeah. It's really cute. And after a pep talk from John, the pair enter the house and find everyone's faces a little more serious. It's soon time for Clark to leave. He has one more chat with his son, asking him not to come looking for him, and how despite John knows the future, he knows John will change it. Upon returning to the farm, Clark and Lois fly off for some time alone together. Meanwhile, President Bendix has acquired Faultline again, and is currently dropping her out of a plane right onto the Kent farm at full weight. I know there's another scientific word for it. I can't think of it. Terminal velocity. Or yeah. Mass or density. Density. Yeah. Mass. Mass yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, another fantastic Superman issue, I think. Oh, for sure. This week, yeah, just again with the 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 heartfelt moments, the touching goodbyes, and and just all the emotion out there is just great. Mm. Yeah, first, first say that th- this book looks amazing the way it's drawn, the way it's colored. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge that because the rest of it is fucking amazing. Yeah, I did have one <laughs> kind of point of, of criticism, and that was um, when John kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, first gets the handcuffs, stepped on him, and he's given his whole speech. It was like, this is really great, but it does not sound like something an 18 year old would say in front of the cameras unless they have practiced public speaking like to an incredible degree and so i was i i had a little note that i wrote and i was just like john kent public speaking champion because well he was raised by superman lois lane and clark kent yeah but i I don't know for me it was just like pretty schooled in pretty schooled in the manner of public appearance yeah it just it it, it took me out for a second because it was like he just like is like right on it like he's like all right i already got my whole speech prepared you know superman was this and this and this i was like oh yeah totally agree with you there but feels like you kind of practiced this and i don't know (laughs) that many 18 year olds that are doing that unless they are on a speech team so unless john was going to a speech team with damien when they were going to metropolis academy or whatever the hell it was uh, it was a little, a little hard to believe at first, but other than that, I, I had no problems. I, I, I love Taylor's voice for John. It's, it's, it's so great. It really is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I like him, and this, I like him for a voice. I like him more for John Kent than I do for Batman. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I might even like it a little bit more than Nightwing. Yeah, and that's the big Nightwing yeah. fan saying that. He just. He's John Kent is uh, is wholesome but responsible, and he's certainly believable. He is uh, he is a Superman in every sense of the word. And, and even that being said, he's a great Superman, but the voice that Tom Taylor can give to the human side of these characters, I think, is the best yeah. part. Oh, the scene with John just yeah. fully committing to. <clears throat> yeah, I, I may have superpowers, but I'm a protester tier to just arrest me put me in jail i'm yeah. no different yeah, that was great yep. i'm i'm yeah. with you in every single step of the way and look you know damn well i don't have to be yeah 
Um, that, that that whole scene with the bringing Jay to the camp bar is so cute. It is it's just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so nervous meeting the great Lois Lane's. Like, yeah, of course you would be. I would be. Anyone would be. It's Lois Lane. Even if you're not a journalist, it'd be awesome to meet her. Indeed, it would. I mean, she's like celebrity status reporter, right? Yeah. Can yeah, you yeah. can you think of? I mean, how many like Chris Wallace? I mean. What sixty minutes and that's about it? Yeah, probably like yeah, like a, a Chris Wallace, a Brian uh, Williams, you know, type of type of person. Oh yeah, Brian. Williams. Walter Cronkite, that sort of. Well, oh, those yeah. are more like those are more like newscasters though. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, maybe more. I feel like I feel like Lois is more of like a, a less manic or crazed or even drugged out version of Hunter S. Thompson. Like same energy. Oh same, wow. Yeah, same energy, same fire, same desire to expose the truth, just not quite as, you know... Psychedelic. Yeah, crazy. I, I've never... Hey, I've never... <laughs> psychedelic is the nicer word to use for him. <laughs> I, I'm a Hunter S. Thompson fan, and um, I've never seen that parallel until you just said that, but you, you, you pretty much are right. You, if you take the drugs out, then him and Lois Lane have a lot in common. I mean, that the Lois Lane book that they did, like, a year ago with, with Greg Rekka and Mike Perkins. That was basically that. It was just like Lois Lane's mission to take down, you know, the secret societies and governments and stand up to, you know, the U.S. intervention or, or what, what, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was basically like that. And I was like, yep, that's Lois Lane. She's just like Hunter S. Thompson, but also different. But yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't know if I gave my score. I gave this a nine point two five. Ah, yeah, no, this was a nine yes. out of ten for me. Great book, just phenomenal. And I, I'm not even going to talk about the art because, like, it's great. John Timms has seriously it stepped is. up his game. It's like yeah, just, like like to a whole new level. Yeah, seriously, and it's just like it's impressive. Like it's it's genuinely really impressive how much he's improved since you know Young Justice and everything. Right. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, I mean, honestly, the only thing I'm going to say about this book is I really hope John heard fault line being dropped or the whole super fam is going to be doing a whole lot of hurting. Oh, this is yeah. this is Superman, baby. He's already got that taken care of. The only thing you need Superman, to worry about. Superman is Superman is off with Lois. No, no, no. I mean, John well, Kent. John, I'm, call, I'm calling John him Kent. Superman. Yeah. Well, okay, technically, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the mantle just got passed, so yeah, you're right. So yeah, no, this is, this Superman. is Superman. John Kent is Superman. You can Super do Jack. that. The only thing they need to worry about right now is property damage. And, I mean, they're Superman. Uh, yeah, he is it Superman. Be the first time that. they've had to rebuild the farm, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, long story short, without repeating everything you guys said, um, holy shit, this is great, and I gave it a nine out of ten. Nice. Indeed. All right, all right. Are we ready to move on to our final book for this week? I'm sitting here yammering on. Yeah, I, I think so. All right, all right. So our next and final book for this week is Deathstroke Incorporated, number one, the launch of, a, I believe, a new ongoing from writer Joshua Williamson with art from Howard Porter, colors from Hi-Fi, and letters from Steve Wands. Uh, Deathstroke Inc., how do, I, how do I break this one down? Um, in two parts. Like if you gave a thirteen-year-old a Deathstroke action figure and a Black Canary action figure, and you only had the 
um, tools of Batman because your older brother wouldn't let you play with his Batman figure. So you only get to play, you only get to sneak out some of the, some of the toys and gadgets that Batman has. So you just have like an odd job of, uh, of Black Canary action figure, Deathstroke action figure, and a Batmobile. That's essentially what this book is, right? Like that's, it is, let me just jam a bunch of shit together, a bunch of characters that normally wouldn't be together and see what happens. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It uh, basically revolves around um, <clears throat> spinning out of the short story in Urban Legends number six, where Black Canary had joined up with the secret organization Trust to uh, work in, I guess, bringing in some of the secret organizations that have been making moves out in the out in the world, um, and the issue largely focuses on the team-up between Deathstroke and Black Canary as they strike through a young, no, as they strike through a suburban, I guess, uh, community that uh, is really made up of Hive drones uh, and is secretly being controlled by the Hive Queen herself, whom uh, Deathstroke and Dinah quickly take out and uh, wrap up to send back to Trust Headquarters. Um, leading the charge is the secret... Uh, I'm using the word secret a lot. It's starting to sound weird. But secret, secret, secret. Yeah, secret head of, uh, secret, secret head of, uh, of trust, Claire Ballantyne. No, sorry, Juliet Ballantyne. Um, 2021, 20, 2021, part yeah. one, there number one, subsection two. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, was that a, oh, oh, I, they call that a callback, and it's funny. Go ahead and laugh. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like, we were, I know that's like the shit I would say with an annual, but I, I, that can be <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, calling the shots is the secret head, uh, Juliet Valentine, who is working with the man in the chair, to quote uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Hiro Akamura, a.k.a. the Toy Man, who are kind of calling the shots and, and leading the charge of the mission. Um but after they dispatch um, <clears throat> the Hive Queen, after they dispatch the Hive Queen, Dinah stops Deathstroke for a second, sort of clarify why he's actually here. She knows, like, she's not believing any of this BS. She knows that he has plenty of money. He's not worried about that at all. And for him to try and pretend to be a hero is a little bit suspicious. So she wants the full details. And that's when Slade reveals something that he's gone through like five times at this point. So I don't even know why he's concerned. But Slade reveals that he's dying. And that he's tired of living on the fence and he wants to basically decide whether or not he is going to be a hero or a villain before he eventually passes on. And it's like, Slade, dude, you've died like three times and you've been sick multiple times. Get over yourself. How many times are you going to... Didn't you just die in Deathstroke R.I.P. like less than two years ago? Yeah, but that didn't count because the universe got recreated. No, he was, no, he was multiverse. He was brought back to he was brought back to life in the most BS way ever, which was Raptor touched him with his skin, and because Raptor has regenerative cells, it brought Slade back to life. You're just like, what the fuck is this? Anyway, um, That's absolutely insane, <clears throat> utterly ridiculous. But uh, they get an extraction from the suburban community and return to Trust headquarters, where we get a brief scene with. Juliet Ballantyne, sort of talking about Trust's aims at this point, how they're hoping to build support and all that sort of stuff, bring in more heroes for their own secret agenda, really just wondering who are they going to go after next. And we get a brief splash page at the end. Fun little teaser of what's coming up in Deathstroke Incorporated. Looks like a fun little space team-up mission, maybe some Yellow Lantern action there. Looks like Slade and uh, Black Canary are stopping by the House of Mystery. And uh, another, yet another showdown 
between Damien and Slade, which makes sense considering Josh is writing Robin and Deathstroke Incorporated. But as for my thoughts on the book, it was fun. Like I, I will say that it was a lot. It was a lot of fun to read. Um, but in terms of the story, I just don't know that it was entirely gripping for me. Like it was just kind of a for for an enjoyable action story that feels like it was written by a fourteen year old. I don't know how much I was invested in its future and um my hope is that with the second issue i can kind of maybe get a sense of like okay i'm, I'm into where this might be going but as for now it just didn't really grip me in that way so i ended up giving this one a 7.5 um i thought howard porter's art was good for the most part a couple of weak spots but um other than that i didn't really have a problem so yeah that was deathstroke inc i liked it man um Pretty much liked a whole lot of it, except for, uh, well, what trust stands for, man. The transparent researchers united for strategy and technology. That is like literally the craziest thing I've ever heard. And um, is I wonder if Deathstroke Inc. is going to grow to include more members or if we're looking at it just staying Toy Man, Black Canary, Deathstroke, and Juliet Ballantyne. Am I losing my mind, or is this a new character? New character. Okay, cool. I, I kept calling her Claire Ballantyne, which is a, a character from um, in this. Claire Valentine is from Resident Evil. <laughs> no, 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 no. Claire. Or, no, no, no. That's Jill Valentine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 Jill Valentine. No, I was thinking Claire Valentine from um, God, what's the show? The um, the BBC show about British government. Is that the the one with Richard Madden in it? Uh, uh no, not Bodyguard. No, no, no. This is um, I kind of remember. It's 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 basically the. Do you guys know Veep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's the earlier version of that. The the thick of it. That's it. Yeah, Claire Ballantyne is like on a special committee in that show, and I, I kept calling her that for some reason. That has nothing to do with the comic, um, at all. Yet another tangent, but. I would recommend watching the thick of it. It's very funny. Fair enough. I'm 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 not really a big fan of the cover. I think it's too sketchy. I think it's irrelevant to what's going on here. But I love the way the interior looks. This issue was cool, but it was also weird, but weird in a good way. And okay, so that that last page is it just me, or? Did the did the last three panels of that page? Um, did they all seem to be pointing to different issues? Yeah, that's if that's I all in that's, the same issue. That's a wild book. <laughs> no, that I think that's the intent. I mean, you know, lots just of comics like, kind of yeah, lots of comics yeah, lots of comics will just tease like, hey, this will be in an upcoming issue. Like, it'll be one where they're in space and they go to the House of Mystery and uh, one with Robin. It was just a. I felt like it was a unique way for them to present it. Usually it's like on a side page or something, and this was more like, almost like part of the comic book. Anyway. Oh, no, I mean, they, they've, done that. they've done that pretty pretty often, I think. DC will do that, especially with new number ones. They'll, you know, sneak a little thing of like, what's coming next? Like, um, Morrison's The Green Lantern had it. That was in Justice League of America, Rebirth. Yeah, they have true. like a little page where it's like, ah, Here's some future plot lines that we may or may not get to, assuming the book doesn't get canceled. Fair enough. But not nothing I have to complain about in any case. Um, 
not bad. Obviously, linking to the overall larger universe, I guess there's nothing else more I can really say about it. 8.75 out of 10. Yeah, I, I honestly loved it. It was a fun read, and honestly, Brandon, the way you were explaining it, you were explaining it as, as a way to kind of take it out, but I think the idea that it's a Black Canary action figure and a Deathstroke action oh, figure God. playing with Batman's toys is, is just hilarious, and that makes me love the book more. <laughs> well, I think I think I say that just because like, I'm sure everyone has done that at some point. Like <laughs> When you were a kid, like I remember at a, yeah. a flea market, they were giving out like the... Um, it's like some someone had like a beat up old version of like I think it might have been the Kenner Batmobile, and I had the like the um, like new fifty two version of Batman, and then the that's awesome. Yeah, the the new fifty two version of Batman, and like a um, Arkham City version of I want to say Robin. So like not even remotely related to each other. Although- but I was just like, when you're a kid, you don't really know. So you're just like, all right, I'm just going to put them together. And they're just going to have a, a grand old time in this Batmobile from like 50 years ago. Um, and, and no, I, I honestly, like, I didn't even mean that in a derogatory way. Um, it just, like, I don't know. That, that was the best way I could think of it. But um, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Uh, my one nitpick with it, though, is why is it called Deathstroke Inc.? Because that, at least for me, was a very misleading title. I thought this whole thing was going to be Deathstroke's organization, and this is going to be him behind the scenes, and he's going to be an operative on the field, and Black Canary is going to be working for him, but he seems to be in the exact same boat Black Canary and Hero are. I have to keep reading to find out. Yeah. Dun, dun. I, I hope we get a payoff for the title, because the, the, the title was one of the things that drew me to the book the most. Yeah, thinking there was going to be some kind of massive Deathstroke-affiliated team-up. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. And there... Oh, hell, now I'm remembering something. There was a solicitation, I think it was for this, that Respawn was involved with Ravager, too. Ah, there you go. I know, we, I know we were hoping for it. Or we mentioned it before, the last time we talked. I think I've even seen, like, art. Like, official art for it, so... Oh, nice. I could. I hope I'm right because that's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, this is an eight point five for me though. I had a blast with it. All right. Well, I guess that's it for Deathstroke. Yeah, are we good. I'm out of shit to say about it. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on to our favorite part of the show: our top three books and standout moments. We have one. Rob, take it away. Okay, so my top three, it's kind of interesting, but you know, it's been an amazing week. Uh, my number three is Deathstroke Inc. It's just a very, very fun read. Um, I, I actually want to double check that. Why that is, is that true? Is that factual? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, it's my number three, just going off scores. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun book. And I'm I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And that that final page with the three panels, it's very very interesting where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And who did right. Dexter kill now? Uh, number two, <laughs> I have Robin, because it's Robin, it's Damien. What else do I have to say? Mm-hmm. 
And number one, I have the other half of the Super Sons with John Kent being Superman now is is just a beautiful, beautiful issue. And that's actually where my favorite moment comes from with John. It's kind of a split between John choosing to stand with the protesters and getting arrested and him just being excited to be in prison. All right, Josh, do your top three. Sorry about that. I had to cough. Uh, for my top three, I am putting in number three, Deathstroke. It was real nice. It was interesting, great art. Curious about where it's going. Number two, I gave to Robin. It's Robin. It's Damien Dunright with a hell of a story and a great art team. And number one, I gave to Superman, Son of Kal-El. It was beautiful to look at and even better to read. Nice. My favorite moment. You brought up Superman talking smack to Mongol already, so I mm-hmm. am going to choose that double page splash of Batman in Detective going, oh. Who do you work for? Damn, that was mine. I gotta choose a new one. <laughs> Bastard. But oh man, with so many good moments this week, I, I had to fall back on a favorite, and that's the only reason why this was a really, really, really good good week in comics definitely yeah my uh my top three were i had robin at number three super solid issue at number two i had uh, a two-way tie um even though technically one of these scored higher than the other but i just i, I felt like they both deserved the spot in the top three sorry josh um, <laughs> that was uh detective comics and superman son of kal-el and at number one i had to give it to action comics Number 1035. I was just blown away by this issue. It was, it was amazing. Um, but my favorite moment, since now I have to pick a new one, probably will go to uh, Robin, um, which is uh, just kind of like a brief shot after he takes out uh, Tengu, I think his name is. And it's just yeah. yeah, him standing and he just says next. I was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Right? I loved it. Yeah. But, well, that was fun. We have something that is a little less fun, uh, something a little bit stinkier, a a little less desirable, but might be a little bit more challenging this week considering how high some of our scores were. But that is none other than... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. So, gentlemen, please, which titles made your stink list today? I'm already going to throw mine out there. I had Deathstroke Inc. Number one. Not a terrible issue by any means, just wasn't my favorite of this week. Uh, it's so hard to pick but quite honestly i'm going with source of freedom this week Mm. and and it it pains me to do so but it's the penultimate issue things are supposedly wrapping up but this doesn't look like it's wrapping up and it's just raising more questions and as exciting as that is it got the lowest score so that's why it's on my stink list this week fair enough yeah with me man uh Okay, so at the beginning of the show, I said that I had a problem with every title this week. And the reason for that is because it gave me, like, heartburn to try and choose the biggest stinker. Because it was so hard. So hard. Every single book was really good this week. The lowest ranking scores gave me problems this time. Uh, 
even, even though I really like that, I'm going to have to agree with Rob. Mr. Miracle has to get on the stink list only because somebody has to be there. We could do like I, in, loved, I loved that book. I feel like for weeks that are just like absolutely dynamite, we can do like an abstain vote if we have to. Because it almost feels unfair to call them biggest stinkers if they're not that at all. Oh, wait. Okay. So some we, weeks we can just be like, I abstain. I ain't, I ain't putting anything on the list this week. That's not fun. We'll just. All right. So if there's absolutely with, with obvious, you know. It's it's got to be obvious, but if we're in a situation where there's just so many good books, and there's nothing we can complain about, then we just go rollades, and there's no biggest stinker. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. Pepto Bismol. Yes. There yeah. We go. Yeah. And uh, it seems like we don't have anything. I mean, I have nothing from this week that I want to add to the dump list. I mean, no. You know, even if I kind of skim read Mister Miracle, it's almost done at this point. So. There's really no purpose in putting that on the dump list. No, I wouldn't say so. Mm-hmm. Not at all. We've got no idea what's going on with next week, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what the the actual schedule turns out to be. But hopefully, it's uh, a little less chaotic as we get closer to Tuesday. It, it looks like we may have a very light week next show. Yeah. Well. Uh, I, uh, I, oh, I guess I should say, but, well, I mean, I, I don't really have to say it on the air, but, um, I unfortunately will not be joining you guys next week. I'm, uh, going on a, a big trip to New York City with a friend of mine. We're, uh, spending two days at Fabulous, I don't know if it's going to be sunny, but we'll see, but the Fabulous Sunny Javits Center for New York Comic Con. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we already stand at his place. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of cool creators there that I'm super stoked to meet. So uh, even though I will not be there for the reviews, uh, I will be among comic books in in some shape or form. So um, I trust you guys will uh, sum up the sum up the books with some some fun. I think so. Yeah. Even if there is only a few. Yeah. Which it looks like there's going to be just a few. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With that out of the way, that is the show, everyone. We hope you had fun. We definitely did. Come back next week for more DC Comics Talk, when we'll be reviewing Batman number 114, Swamp Thing number 8, Suicide Squad number 8, and the Wonder Woman 80th 100-page spectacular. Wow, that's long. Uh, We'll be here talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But with that, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Just like a little bit of a